This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Creed stand, Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Hold up. There's no better place than I'd rather be than on the block right now. Between 4 and 6 Central Time even though I'm on the East Coast Standard Time. But as far as you're concerned, when we show up on the block, we show up at 4 to 6 every day right here at this spot. We'll meet you, and we talk sports, all things sports. Huskers is the lead, but everything is on the table when it comes to being on the block with Stricken Bach. We thank you guys again for joining us. Bach! My partner is with me, my sidekick, my boom ace. Yes, we're we're, we're ready to go. Talk to me, Bach, right. about this second half. We got Fred Hartberg going back to Chi-Town, as some would say, Chirac. But we're going back to Chi-Town, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's been ugly. But they've got a chance of redemption after that drubbing they took from Northwestern, where Northwestern shot almost 50% from two. 42% from three and 83% from the free throw line in the drubbing they gave us to include one of the best names in college basketball, Boo Booey, gave them the business with like 27 points. And uh, it just didn't happen for the Huskers that night. So they got a chance to get on the road where they've struggled on the road, just seemingly to not have the energy or just, just cold shooting and just not able to get it done on the road. So, Bach, we have another chance for Hoiberg to to do something, but here's the issue. They say he's got a viral infection that's possibly going to hinder him with his voice. So, you know, how are they going to be able to navigate that is something that's going to be very interesting because you've totally got to rely on not only your coaching staff, but also the players in which we're having some leadership turmoil uh, on the team and it's no one really that right hand of, of, of what Hoiberg really wants to get done. And how, how do you think they're going to fare on the road this time? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially to see kind of who's in the coach's box, right? There's usually, that's usually only allowed for one guy. Um, are, is it okay if you have somebody that can't communicate um, necessarily? Is Matt Abdelmas or Doc Sadler going to step up uh, up there so they can communicate kind of what, what, you know, what Hoiberg wants a little bit more or can two people be in the box for this kind of special outing? I don't really know, but Hoiberg wants to give it a go. Um, he, he did test negative for, for COVID in the, in, you know, and, and for as far as anything infectious. So um, he's, you know, not worried about that. He just wants to tough it out and try to, to do, you know, push. I think he kind of labeled himself. He's got to be a fighter. He wants to be, to show that sort of fight that he has for his team. And, and I think that's what we hope to see tonight as Nebraska basketball fans. Um, it's kind of funny. It, 
you know, just as the season goes on, um, it, it's, it gets tougher and tougher to talk about this team because you get into these points and these situations where, um, like I, like I keep saying tonight, I, I think this is the best chance of their win, uh, for a win for the rest of their schedule. But, you know, how much do I have to, to back it up? Not much. They got blown out last time they played against this team. Um, they've only won one conference game. So it, it, it's hard to keep talking about these things and expect a win. I don't expect a win. I, I really don't at this point. But I do hope for a win, and I think that this is their best opportunity to get it. Hopefully there, there's something um, – Maybe extra special about, you know, Fred Hoiberg returning to Chicago uh, where he was for three years with the Bulls. Um, obviously not too much of a correlation in there, but obviously I, I think uh, the Omaha World Herald did a good article about that um, this morning. And, and, it's you know, I think it is important, and I, I stressed this yesterday on the Ticket Water Cooler, to remember that there's a reason why people were excited about Fred Hoiberg, um, that, that he did have coaching success before getting to Nebraska. It's not all doom and gloom and bottom of the Big Ten, and, you know, that's not why he was here the expectation obviously was much higher um you know in Chicago that that never necessarily took off but he kind of went through different three different phases when he was with the Bulls it was kind of the end of the Derrick Rose Joakim Noah group together that was year one they blew it up they they brought in Dwayne Wade back to Chicago they brought in Rajon Rondo didn't work in the regular season but they did get the eighth seed and had a two nothing lead over the one seed Celtics Rondo gets hurt and they no longer have that same juice, that energy. There's a reason why Playoff Rondo has that name because he does bring a little bit different, you know, an extra level to his game uh, when he when he when he gets to the playoffs. And uh, you know, so Hoiberg was gonna ride that. That didn't work. Got rid of both those guys. Had a kind of a, a you know Dwayne Wade in one year stint. He's out. Rondo's gone. Miritich ends up leaving because he gets sucker punched by Bobby Portis in in one of Hoiberg's practices. Um, so they they kind of just kind of blew it up from there. Um, and you know so it 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 it, it was just kind of not the no, there was no consistency year to year in Chicago for Hoiberg. But it was interesting that you know it's a it's a big market. They're doing kind of the same thing as kind of what we're thinking, right? Is well, how are they going to sell tickets next year when in the pros maybe it's a little bit easier to say here's our new big thing it's Dwayne Wade returning to Chicago or you know it's the last year of Derrick Rose and all that stuff um, but it, it just didn't work out with the Bulls but then you know you have to go further back into his run at Iowa State where he's winning big 12 tournament championships and uh, finishing you know in the top 10 twice and and, and you, you know getting to the sweet 16 being a three seed in the tournament all that stuff sounds so foreign to us Husker fans now watching Fred Hoiberg coach teams because we haven't seen an ounce of that success in Nebraska. I guess the hope is, I mean, and, and I think most people agree that if the, you know, if the buyout weren't so big, you might not be having this discussion about maybe Hoiberg can rejuvenate. Maybe things would be done by now. Um, but because the buyout is big, because he's a big name coach that has had success before, you know, maybe he can he can stir up some of that energy in Chicago, and you know, maybe it can kind of you know get the the guys going on the team that hey, this is our our coach's uh, city. You know, people around here might might you know take a look at what's going on at Northwestern for this game. Well, I, I think one of the things that I, I just started thinking about, like I'm like wondering, like what type of leadership quality do you think you respond to more as, as a leader? Like, for example, do you respond to, do you think it's more, your people are more responsive to a, a vocal leader or a leader that leads by example, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking about Bryce and I, I know Bryce is right now leading the team in, in different categories so forth. And, you know, he is a freshman, but I think there's some learning things that he has to be able to take on and to be an example 
And I think right now he's not really a vocal leader. I think he's just a leader that just somebody that's played and just happens to be a leader by, you know, circumstance. So who is that person going to be or who do you envision that person is for the Husker team? Because they're going to need that. Because if you don't have the voice on the court, you're going to need somebody that's going to be a leader. You, you know, you have to have somebody that's get us together. Look, we need to get a stop here. We need three stops. We need to get into the huddle and say, hey, look, we're going into Derek right now. Derek is hot. He's got four straight buckets. You know, you have to have somebody that be able to get similar to a quarterback. Right. And that's part of the problem that they're having or alleged that we're hearing down in Arizona that they're saying about Kyler Murray is that he's just not really a present uh, leader, similar to like a, 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 a Brady or similar to a Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, somebody that commands the area, the room, the huddle. Um, we, I, I don't know. I don't know who that person is for Nebraska and I'm still trying to find it. What do you think is the best source of leader to, to get the job done? Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell sometimes when you don't name a captain, right? Or, or you kind of have somebody with the C on their jerseys. And, uh, you know, I like, I like at times some organizations hold that back until they have a guy that is very clearly the leader and it has to be more vocal. And it's nothing against, you know, guys that to me that, that, that kind of do lead by example. Um, because if they're really great, I mean, great players somewhat, a lot of times lead by example, cause you just w- watch how they go about the way that, th- that they do. And, and you notice that they'll put on a little extra work, um, you know, more often than not, unless they're just naturally talented, um, kind of going back to the Kobe Shaq thing, right? Like Shaq wouldn't, uh, put in as much work as Kobe wanted to. And Kobe would always be as talented naturally as he was trying to um, improve his game all the time. And and it kind of rubbed him the wrong way that Shaq wouldn't put in the same effort. Um, But for the most part, I, I think, I think you need a vocal leader. And I wonder if Nebraska is missing that because there are it, it's just it's a it's 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 a problem with college basketball it's a problem with college sports in general where these rosters um turn over so much that you know you don't have that fourth year senior that's watched team leaders before um kind of steer in the right direction and, and how to get that done i think that's something that's been lost I, you know nebraska has some veteran guys but they've been jumping around from team to team um and i you just don't necessarily see it on the court like sometimes you can point out to a guy okay you know especially if it's a point guard it's kind of nice um to say okay that guy seems to be leading them on the court getting them in position uh and, and getting ready to go you know slapping the floor that sort of thing um, I, I think they just, it, it seems like, and this is from the outside of the locker room. I'm not sure who it is inside that locker room. Um, you know, maybe a Derek Walker, maybe a Trey McGowan's, those guys could be more vocal leaders. I'm, I'm not really sure, but you don't necessarily see it on the court. It's not like there's a guy slapping the floor and getting people ready or, or, you know, kind of, you know, game after game po- po- pointing guys around. It's usually who's kind of hot. And then there's obviously the other kind of just the temperaments or the, you know, just the, the, the styles that guys have. Bryce McGowan's, as we've called him before, just more kind of a smooth operator. I don't know if it's it's in him um, to be the the guy that's going to yell at you or get on your tail to, um, to try to play like he does or as good as he does or whatever. So um, I think that that's probably something that's been hurting. But I also would think that if you were the leader of this team or if you are the leader of this team, it might fall on deaf ears. And that's kind of what I, I, I kind of worry about Hoiberg is, you know, because the, the talk too with with this offseason is going to be, okay, who do they put on the bench and what is he going to bring to the table? 
that's what that's why Hoiberg's checked so many of those 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 boxes, right? He's kind of done it all, you know. Been in the front office role. He's been a player, you know, at, at the highest level. He's been a coach at the highest level, um, you know. So he's just kind of checked all those boxes. So you know, it, it's it's interesting, but. I don't know. I don't know. On, on failing teams, I think at some point, um, if, if your team has, has fallen this far below the goal um, with your leaders still barking at you at certain times, I think that could wear thin too. So maybe it is, uh, you know, a lead by example might work better for this um, situation that they're in. I mean, some just some, some things that I found interesting is that this is the 20th time that the Huskers are going to play Northwestern uh, in the history of their program. And, you know, the Wildcats lead, as you you uh, alluded to in the uh, in, in uh, shootout with Strick, and they lead the series 10 to 9. But the, uh, you know, Northwestern is uh, or Nebraska 6 and 9 against Northwestern since coming into the Big Ten. And uh, Northwestern has won the last four meetings. And. You know, if you like, I like, like we talked about before, if you're trying to come out of the basement, there's somebody you got to fight to take that step, right? Mm -hmm. There's a step you've got to go up steps in order to get out of the door of the basement. And there's people that is on that steps that you have to knock out or you have to knock down in order to, to rise. And this is this team in Northwestern has pretty much in the Big Ten, if you go down the history of the Big Ten, has always been towards the bottom. Between mm -hmm. them, since Rutgers came, you'll probably find Rutgers, Northwestern, maybe, you know, some other teams that pop down there. But for the most part, they've been towards the bottom. And we haven't even been able to, like, meet that challenge thus far. And that's a scary thing when you really think about it. When you look at the totality of what <laughs> yeah. Nebraska is trying to accomplish, that's a scary thing. It's kind of weird. And in, in, in Northwestern, for what it's worth, historically is basically on par with Nebraska as far as, you know, they got that big tournament win. If you if you remember a couple of years ago, and there are a lot of sports media guys that, that come out of Northwestern. It's a very good school for that. So it, it kind of got blown up and people were pretty excited about it. Um, but, you know, historically, they're not. Uh, a great program to your to your point, and so maybe that win might have done enough for Chris Collins to feel pretty good there. But you do wonder if some of those results kind of turn over. Is Chris Collins a little bit more on the hot seat because he's kind of been beating up Nebraska since he's been here? And, and you're right, every year under Chris Collins, uh, I believe so far, and he, he's had a long t uh, tenure there. I have to look it up. It might be in his seventh year or so. They've finished in the bottom four of the Big Ten. That you know, so if you just flip a few of those games and and Nebraska gets the wins, you, you kind of wonder if if he's on a little bit of a hotter seat there, or maybe you know, again that tournament win. <laughs> we make jokes here that um, maybe that will, uh, if anybody gets a tournament win, might build a statue for him. So maybe Chris Collins has a statue being erected up for him in uh, in in Northwestern. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just. It, 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 you're right. I mean, this is that, and that's another reason why I kind of think this is a winnable game, just because the brand of Northwestern isn't very strong. This is the opportunity to, you know, pick yourself up and at least feel like you can beat somebody else, especially when they go into that Big Ten tournament. You don't just want the one win against Northwest or against Minnesota and then think, well, I hope we get match up with Minnesota for our only chance. You want to be able to prove that you can play with these bottom tier Big Ten teams um, because at least you get, you can have at least some sort of, um, 
you know, some sort of feel good going into the offseason if you get a, a tournament win, at least some sort of postseason win. That'd be something new for Nebraska that we haven't seen in the last couple of years. Call us right now. We want to hear from you at 402-464-5685 at the Honda Lincoln Hotline. We want to just understand, you know, what is it going to take for this Husker program to get out of the bottom? We want some Drake type of rising. You know, we started from the bottom, now we're here. We want to, we want to, we want to, we want to get out of the bottom of the of, of, of the doldrums, the dungeon. This ain't Dungeons and Dragons. We don't want to stay in the dungeon. We're trying to get out. What is it going to take for this Husker team? We want to hear from you at 402-464-5685. What do you think it's going to take? And all things on the table. If you were, were Trev Albers, what would you do or what would you feel you would have to see the rest of the season going forward or an, in a new coach? at the Nebraska program to get us out of the dungeon. 402-464-5685, we want to hear from you. Yeah, Bach, I, I'm, I'm uh, again, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more so not in dreamland anymore. I used to be like just, it, it, it was like one of those things like, am I dreaming? Is this, is, is this a nightmare? Am I on Nightmare on Elm Street? Is, is Freddy <laughs> Krueger coming to get me? Um, <laughs> But I think I've got to gotten out of that. I've woken yeah. up. I don't. I don't think I'm sleeping and, and you know no dozing and trying to stay awake. But it, it's 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 the craziest thing that it's just I, I don't understand how this could be going this long. There's there's so many things that Nebraska has to offer from top to bottom, and and I think we just missed the mark. There's no way that Creighton and McDermott and what they're doing up there can have the success that they're having. And we just right down the road is is in the dungeon. Yeah, it's like it's like you know if you believe in it, it's like the curse is just around Lincoln because you're right, it's being proven elsewhere. Uh, certainly at Iowa State, I think that was also a part of why you're excited for for Hoiberg is geographically. You know, if you can build that team in Iowa, you theoretically could build it in Nebraska. There's not much difference there. Like Ames isn't, yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned, yeah. Creighton, uh, very much the same way. It's just down the road, an hour away, and they have you know top twenty-five teams, top ten recruiting classes. You know, top ten recruiting classes last year. Um, and it, it's 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 it, it's beyond frustrating as a Nebraska basketball fan. It's but but you know, again, I I, I think that sometimes we get into this feeling of, oh, you know, this is Nebraska basketball. This is, you know, they, they're never very good or all that. They're not this bad. They, they very rarely, and, and really nobody is, and survives the year. Nobody gets their job after going one in, in 16 in league play or whatever it will be, one in 19 or three in 17. Those are hard years. I mean, if that's year one, okay, you know, okay, well, you know, you're building your program. We'll see what happens. But for the most part, that's that's a good sign that it's not happening. Um, and it's not much to, to do with, you know, how competitive are you? You know, it's not the same as, as football where, yeah, you're they're competitive in a couple games against top teams. Um, yeah, well, I would hope so. You know, you play basketball once in a while. You got to play right. some close games. You know, you play – 35 games you better play someone close um so it, it I, I don't know if i'm looking um at nebraska i i think if i'm trev alberts i do have to pay very close attention um to this team toward the end um again i i, I unfortunately i think if money weren't weren't an obstacle um i think you'd be moving on but if that buyout is a problem maybe it gives you a little bit more of a, of a of a 
a reason to hold it back and say, well, at least, you know, yeah, the money is, is part of it. But another big part of it is the fact that Hoiberg um, is, is a big name and maybe can get it going. We do have Joe here to talk Husker basketball on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Joe, well, what are you thinking today? I think we need another Thor. And I know easily wasn't talented enough to play at that level, but he's hustling to get balls. These guys don't hustle. I'll hang up and listen to what you guys say. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the call, Joe. Um, I think that's a, a big problem that a lot of people have, too. Um, with with historically Husker basketball, you know, a lot of times, and I've said this a lot, they don't have the talent necessarily to to beat Michigan State night in, night out. Um, but a lot of but what kind of endeared them to Husker fans, or the teams of the past, uh, was that they would fight. And, they, and, and, and much like, you know, this year's team, when you do play 35 games, you're also going to get blown out a few times, right? I mean, it's going to happen. Teams are going to get hot. Um, so that would happen times too. Um, but it, 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 it was at least kind of the fight and the punching up and the, and you know, the kind of the, uh, you know, for, for some of these teams, the defense um, was going to come first and then, you know, figure out what's going on offense. And, and that could be a frustrating uh, portion, but at least, you know, the defense and the hustle and, and, and you know, the care factor was going to be there. Um, again, I hate, questioning um, effort and, and stuff like that. But a lot of times it, it just comes down to so many plays where you just think there could have been that little bit of extra effort might have done it there. Or, you know, th- this is just a very simple basketball thing. Boxing out. It, it, that can't be a primary problem that fans complain about when they watch your team because it's the simplest solution is you have to come down harder on it and, and apparently just isn't being done. Yeah, there's 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 just so many things that as a as a as a player I see that just um that throws me all around the room. I mean, if you if you if if I would have been in the studio, I, I you never really got to see me in the studio when last year when I was there with DP. If the equipment didn't cost so much, I probably would have broken half the equipment <laughs> by the by some of the responses. I sit in my house and I sit on you know my phone or wherever I'm at, and and I'm like, I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm like grabbing my eyes like, did I just see that, or am I am I tripping? Because it's just crazy some of the things that are really so simple. It's not even. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I used to listen to Wu-Tang Clan and then that stuck with me. This is something that stuck with me is they had a song called Can, Can It Be That It Was All So Simple Then? You know what I mean? There, there's just so many things about the game that, yes, the athleticism, yes, the technology of the equipment, yes, the strength and conditionings and, and things like that have changed. But there are so many things that still remain simple that if you do that, you're going to continue to put yourself in, in an opportunity to win. And then that's when it goes into, is it the mind of the player? Is it the coaches and teaching it? Are they watching film and they're not seeing this? Are they sleeping film? I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's what I think to myself when I sometimes begin to watch the game from afar. I rewind it and say, dang, did that just happen? How did that guy, how did that guy beat him to the ball? You know, it, it, or, I see plays that I'm like, that's an automatic steal for me. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting oh, yeah. that because it's just so simple. Or then, you know, they just so haphazardly sometimes just turn and pass the ball. And they're like, there's a guy right there. He is in range to steal that ball. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and they still throw it. And then boom, there's a steal. 
I'm like, wow. So yeah, those are things that, that just boggle my mind. And and I think, you know, the, the caller that just called in, he has a good point. I mean, you just need guys that just want it or have heart, just have desire that want something more because I've always learned the lesson and why I wanted to get better is that I always knew that there's someone coming behind me that wants your job. And so I figured that I could never come back into a season each year with the same game. I understood that talent can only take you so far because the hard worker, that's why you have like a Tom wall and guys like that, that come up. And then they end up finding themselves in one of the biggest games we play in Michigan State. He has three free throws that he needs to make in order for us to be or tie Michigan State to go into overtime. And this guy steps up and takes the opportunity. And he was a Division II player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily always talent because talent with, with wisdom and, and hard play and fundamentals, you can end up beating people with talent. Yeah, and it, it that's the way I see it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think there is part of that. I know Nebraska was able to. I'm mean, again, the, the offseason talk was, you know, who's going to start? There's so many good players that that you know that not everybody can start, and so there was kind of that idea that maybe they were get, bringing guys in to push each other. Um, but when you look at, you know, I guess the 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 fact that they stuck with the same um, starting five for the most part outside of obviously Trey McGowan's going out and they, they kind of did that uh, with injury and they kind of did some, some, you know, they even started Alonso or Edwards for a while and he didn't play too much. Um, but then they eventually went to um, Casey Tominaga once he goes out, um, you know, once Trey's back, he doesn't get too much playing time. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't know if there's enough competitiveness from, um, from guys behind them. Of course, Kobe, I, I think, I, I, you know, sometimes maybe there is because Kobe feels like a guy that at, at some point probably should have got the opportunity to start um, if your team's 1-14. Maybe that could have been something that kind of changed things. CJ's been coming on uh, very strong, you know, at the end of the season. Um, so, you know, maybe in the future he can kind of push for stuff. Uh, going to the text line, we got some people uh, with their response here. Um, Jory says, in my opinion, to get out of the dungeon, you need to keep Bryce McGowan's for another year. Let the next recruiting class combine with the current roster and give them one more year to show any progress. Then you can start uh, the buyout talk. And uh, I think that's a, a good plan. I don't mind it. I, I've been saying for a long time, if you can get McGowan's back, I'd probably sign up for another year of Hoiberg. The problem is, and, and Sipple kind of pointed this out the other day when we talked about it, is what's your number two sale? If Miguel, if McGowan's goes... Then what's your big sale on keeping Hoiberg for another year outside of just talking about being, you know, forced up against the wall because of the money? There's not really a big sale if, if Bryce doesn't come back. Uh, Kenton Lincoln says, many fans for years just said, get a five and put a little talent around him. You don't need that much in basketball to have quick success. Guess Nebraska is proving that wrong with its minuscule level of successful history. Um, for what it's worth, it is, it's difficult to win, not just in the Big Ten. I know some people get frustrated when I say that. Um, you might be surprised to hear this, but Northwestern actually is going to try to win tonight too. You know, they've got just as much on the line as Nebraska does. So it, it's not as simple sometimes. Um, as just get a few players in, though in, 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 bas- in basketball certainly with lesser roster talent, it, it makes more or lesser roster spots, I should say, it makes more sense that that could more easily flip it than maybe in the football um, type of sphere. Uh, Kelsey kind of p- points to something that you've been saying: we need to bring back back the scrap. We need scrappers, man, bunch of Rocky Balboas, guys with chips on their shoulder that are willing to go further and work harder than anyone in their way. We have to have many dudes that think they are God, or we have many dudes who think they are God's gift to Lincoln, Nebraska. 
They act like they're too good to do the dirty work. we got guys that don't know how to hustle and get dirty because they've never had to, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> um, so there is that. And somebody <laughs> off the text line also points out McGowan's aren't coming back uh, for next year, and then I don't know whether that's true or not. We'll, we'll see. I don't think that's probably a decision that they've made quite yet. Um, but it would be it, – it, the more you lose, the less – I likely I think it is because it, it's just it doesn't seem like a winning outfit to return to. Yeah, before and before we take a break, I mean somebody just made a point on the text line where they said, you know, uh, that's I think that is Big Ten the Big Ten way. You 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 definitely probably need an inside big five, yeah, uh, presence because if if I remember back, one of the last successes that Nebraska has is when they had. Um, Big 12, he was, I think he was a Big 12 first team selection, and that was Alex March. Oh, yeah. And when they had that big body inside, he was doing work. And, you know, obviously it was a different style of basketball with the Big 12, but that was probably the last big center that I recall being in Nebraska that was was doing work on the regular. And I think you, I think they may be onto something. I mean, you know, hopefully Blaze Keita is something to, to be spoken for. Um, I, I don't know what his footwork and stuff is like. I'd like to see more tape on him. Um, I think to me, he may be offensively raw, very good defensively. Um, I think there's some good things about him, but I definitely would love to work with him if I had the opportunity to, you know, it, it, you know, to work with a big fella. I, I, I did some work with uh, Walker last time I was mm-hmm. in Lincoln before the COVID hit. And, 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 and I think they need that. That's a good point. So, but obviously, you know, the subject is not over. Hopefully that we'll be watching the game. You can join us also uh, at the post-game show. We're going to do the post-game show tonight. And and hopefully we'll be able to be talking good, but we'll see. And uh, again, I don't think the uh, Trey McGowan brothers are have made a decision yet, but we'll see on that as well. We'll be watching that. We'll come back right after this on the block and talk a little bit more about A. Rogers. 